Ooh, it's been a while, you guys. We took a short leave of absence ever since the NBA free agency. We haven't been on to talk about basketball, about the NBA, but today we're finally back with the season right around the corner. We're going to be bringing you ultimate access all season long, kicking things off tonight with some NBA hot takes. And in a week, you'll see our NBA season preview dropping. So stay tuned for that. But as always tonight, I'll be your host, Johnny Vianos, and I am joined by none other than Mateo Chagas and Theo Vieira. Mateo, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? It's good to be back. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I cannot wait for the season to start. I think it's fair to say that everybody's been waiting. NFL's back, so it's not that bad right now. But NBA season's right around the corner, so I can't wait to start watching it. Theo, how are you doing, man? I'm doing amazing, man. I'm ready for another Great season of the NBA. Definitely, yeah. And uh, there's been some changes in the NBA this season. Obviously, players traded like every season, but it's definitely going to be interesting. The Bucks coming off a fantastic finals run, so we'll see how they play heading into the season. But we'll cover all that in next week's episode because this week we're going to be focusing on hot takes, mostly heading into this upcoming season. So it's really wherever we want to go with this. Theo, you can kick things off here. Bring your first hot take to the table. It can be about any team, any player, whatever your thoughts. Let us hear it. All right. So my first one is I believe that Scotty Barnes is going to be the rookie of the year. So far, what he's what I've seen from him in the preseason and in the summer league, he's been really good. He's probably the probably the best all-around player from this draft class. He's he's gonna fill up the stat sheets and he's gonna He's an amazing defender. He's been so good on defense. I've been watching some of his open runs with some other uh, NBA players, and he's looking great. And with Siakam out for the first little bit of the season here, I think he's really going to get his chance to shine in the starting lineup. Right. Yeah. And obviously a highly talked about prospect. I expect him to be really good this season. As you mentioned, Siakam's out. So that's going to open up lots of room for him and Freddie to produce big numbers. Theo, I know you're really high on the Raptors this season. Uh, Why is it overall that you are so particularly high on the Raptors? I know down here in Canada, we have no other choice, but you really like the Raptors this season. What is it about the team that keeps you having hope? I just don't feel like they got a fair shot last year in Tampa. Like they literally had, when they were at home, they had fans booing them. They didn't have a home court at all last year. So they were, they had lots of COVID screwing them over. They had, they had so many obstacles last year that it really wasn't fair. And even though they maybe should have at least made the play in and they could have made a push for it, they let a lot of their young guys get some time in there. And that's what the Raptors do. They love to develop their players, but I think they're going to come back this season hot, just like the season prior to mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Right. Yeah. Last season, a slight disappointment considering they came off that finals win, but hopefully they can pick things up where they left off in 2019. Mateo, I'll come to you next. You can either comment on that or bring in your next hot take for the episode. It's up to you. No, I, I agree with you, what Theo's saying. I think Scotty Barnes has a really good chance. And I honestly think that he's showing probably the best impact and best statistics that any of the rookies are Jalen green just had like, I think he made like one or two field goals out of like 20. He took, it was something bizarre like that. Like Cade Cunningham. I don't think he's played yet. He played in the summer league, but I don't, has he played an exhibition yet? I don't think he has. So yeah, but yeah, I think Scotty Barnes has a great chance of winning it. Um, 
my first hot take is John Morant for most improved player. I think this is a big possibility because he only averaged 19 points a game last year. He's still developing. He had a bit of an injury a, fight, a couple months into the season, so he may have not been 100% all season. I think he's going to come back hungry this year, especially with them getting Steven Adams. He has a good big around him now. Not that Valanciunas wasn't good, but I feel like Adams is a good fit for Morant. And I think if he averages 27 points or something like that, bizarre like that, I honestly think he can win most improved player. And I, I don't think that that's a really crazy to say that he can average 27 or 26 points because that's like a six or seven point per game difference. I think that could really give him a good case for most improved player. No, definitely. I mean, he's athletic enough to do it. He's shown the skill. It's just whether or not he can perform at that high of a standard. But if he does, I mean, if he's putting up 27 points per game with what, that would make it like an eight-point upgrade from last season. I don't know how you can't say that he would be the comeback player of the year. And, you know, on a Grizzlies team that needs Morant to step up. Last year, they made the playoffs, but they were knocked out by the Jazz in the first round. If Morant can step up, he might not only win comeback player of the year, but they could seriously potentially be a threat to push maybe a second round appearance in the playoffs. Theo, what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies and Morant winning comeback player of the year? I love that take, to be honest. I'm not sure. I feel like there's a lot of other guys that could take like a bigger leap, but I think that's a very good take. I'm super high on John Morant. Hold on. Oh my, hold on a sec. It's all good. Yeah, so um, moving over now, I wanted to bring something to the table for tonight's episode. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Golden State Warriors. Now, Clay Thompson, obviously, he's been out for, I believe, over two years now. It has been He's suffered two tragic injuries, and he finally is hoping to make his appearance back on the court in 2021. But I don't think we're going to see the same Clay this season. I mean, he's still a fantastic player, but for me, I think that he might slightly disappoint because people, I think, might be expecting a lot from him. And coming off that type of injury, I don't know if he's going to be able to produce as he would normally if healthy. Mateo, what do you think about Clay heading into the season? Yeah, like he's coming off of a he's he has not played in two years, and I'm I'm sure if you're following Johnny's podcast. You've definitely following another a bunch of other sports accounts, and you've seen like where players were when Clay Thompson last played. Like Anthony Davis was on the Pelicans, CP3 was on the Rockets. Like it's just like it, those things seem like so long ago, and you realize like how long Clay's actually been out. So if you, I I, I don't disagree with that. Like I, I think that he can come back strong because he doesn't completely rely on his athleticism and shooting is not something you completely need athleticism for like he's a great spot up shooter so I I think he can make a comeback but I think it definitely is a possibility that he might not come back 100% I think you will need to be ready for that because he literally has not played in two seasons yeah I mean I I think that he's a great player there's no debate about that he's still an elite three-point shooter you know he's a key piece of that Golden State team however Again, it happens in every sport. It's not often you see even superstars come off injuries firing like they were healthy two years ago. And as you mentioned, it's crazy to think that the NBA was totally different, not from like a league standpoint, but just from players on different teams when Clay was last healthy. I mean, that's insane to think. Theo, you think Clay can live up to the standards this season, or do you think that he 
is going to slightly disappoint just due to him coming off to severe injuries. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be back up to his tip-top form like we've seen him in, in previous years. Like, he just can't miss two straight seasons and then just come back exactly the same. But his obviously, as Mateo was saying, his spot-up shooting, that's not going anywhere. It's not like he hasn't been shooting the last little bit. He's going to be able to hit his threes like usual, and he's going to that, – that's when he's the biggest threat, when he just has the ball in his hands and he shoots the ball. Like, what was that game when he scored so many points and he, like, only took a couple dribbles? Like, right. he, he doesn't even need to dribble the ball. He just needs to shoot it, and that's his role. Yeah. So, I think he could still come back really good, but, I mean, he might not be doing everything that he normally would. Yeah. I agree. For sure. Um, Theo, we'll go to you next here. If you want to bring in your second hot take of the episode onto the show, feel free. All right. So my next one, it might be a little bit out there, but that's the point of hot takes, I feel. So um, I feel the Sacramento Kings are going to make the playoffs. That one, that one is a little bit of a stretch, I have to say, but <laughs> that's the point of the hot take. And right. I feel this way. I feel this way because... I think De'Aaron Fox is going to take another big step up. And I also feel that the rest of, like, the piece, some of the pieces around him are really good. And they have a lot of young guys that are just going to keep getting better. Like Tyrese, obviously, was top three in rookie of the year voting last year. And I think he's going to take another step up. And they just made an amazing draft choice with Davion Mitchell there, who already De'Aaron Fox uh, commented on him the other day saying he is already, he thinks – Davion Mitchell is a top five perimeter defender in the league. And that's coming from one of the fastest guys in the league, if not the fastest, and one of the best guys at getting to the rim. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I feel like that, that, that means something. And I feel like they have some pieces, some other pieces around, you know, Rashawn Holmes, he's going to do his job. And if Marvin Bagley maybe can fit into the spot where he was meant to originally, I feel like this team could slip in, maybe through the play in or mm -hmm. just like a cheeky eight seed somehow. I don't know. Right. Okay. So just to keep everybody updated, the Kings finished 12th last year in their division, 12th out of 15. Okay. It's a hot take for a reason and I'm going to respect it. They, they had a bad season last year, but thinking about this logically, the San Antonio Spurs, I don't see them having a 10th seed season again this year. So let's say they knock out of the play in tournament. Then it's the Kings versus the Pelicans. Mateo, do you think that the Kings could possibly slide into that play-in tournament? Because I don't see them being a lock for that top six, but if they hold another play-in tournament this year, you think the Kings can squeeze in there as like a 10th or 9th seed? I think that they can potentially get in a top 10, but like, I don't know how... They, they did not make really any pieces to their team. They only drafted pretty much. They didn't sign any players that were big. They didn't trade for anyone. So De'Aaron Fox, I just looked this up now because when you said that, he averaged 25 points right now on almost 50% shooting. Like, it, I, I think he can improve, maybe get 28, 29, but he's not he, – how much more can he improve? Like, I, I do not see that. The Kings have been a bad team for a while, and I don't – like, I don't think that – I think that they need to add big more pieces, and I – I think that they're waiting for people to develop. And I just think right now is not the time. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think maybe they can be a 10th seed and squeeze in. But I think even as a 10th seed, I think they would, 
they have to beat two teams to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So they're either be they have to play a seventh or eighth seed eventually. So personally, I don't think that they're gonna get in, but I think that they could potentially squeeze into the into the play-in tournament. Yeah, I think the play-in tournament is definitely an option for them. But as far as the playoff goes, I I, I don't see it this season. Theo, I just want to stick on this really quickly for you. What do the Kings need to do in order? to make those playoffs like last year finishing as a 12 seed De'Aaron Fox already performing super well what more do they need and who needs to step up on that team to make them a playoff contender basically everyone needs to step up to be honest so I think it's it's a pretty big ask to get yeah. them in the playoffs but it's been so long since they've been in the playoffs that I'm just I feel like it's got to happen it, it just has to happen at some point and maybe this isn't the year but I have faith in their in their young guard core, and I would need a big step up from the front core. That's for sure. But they, I think, I feel like to be like a legit like lock playoff contender, they need another like top guy in the front court. Right. They don't really have that like wow factor up there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mateo, we'll move to you next. If you want to bring your second hot take of the night to the table, that'd be great. Yeah, um, this one's more of an opinion. Th- I mean, all of these are opinion things, but mm-hmm. this one's more of like, you don't know if it's going to happen. I still don't really know if this is for sure going to happen, but I genuinely think that Ben Stimmons is going to stay in Philly. I don't know what teams want him. Philly wants like two good, like they want like a star, a bench player, and like a first round pick for just purely Ben Simmons. And I don't, I don't know how he showed as a player and how he's developed to be worth that much. I think that he's worth like a second rounder and a decent player on a team. Like I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even trying to exaggerate it, but this kid, he, he doesn't want to develop. Like he's been the same player since he was a rookie. All he could do is dunk. Literally that's all he can do and play make. And, but I feel like in this, in this sort of, in this sort of day and age in basketball, I think as a player, you need to know how to shoot, especially if you're a point guard, you need to at least know how to shoot. You, he has how many three sets he made, like five or something like that. Like he can't shoot, and as a point guard, that is a huge issue. And when the Golden State Warrior talk was going up, I knew that wasn't gonna happen because I know they're not stupid. But I mean, I feel like if he were to fit with any team, and I still don't think he's a fit for any team unless he wants to learn how to shoot. And people are saying, oh, he's learning how to shoot in the off season. But every off season, we see videos of him shooting Mm -hmm. but I think that he would honestly fit best with the Warriors because he has no pressure on that team to shoot they have Otto Porter now they have Stephen Curry and they have Clay Thompson like that you he really he wouldn't need to shoot there but yeah I I, he would have to play power forward there he wouldn't be playing point guard obviously behind Curry so and I think if he was to fit with the team it'd be there because he does not have to shoot but I still, I think he's going to stay in Philly because I don't know how they're going to get rid of him. Yeah. I think for me, Philly's asking way too much for Ben Simmons. He's yeah. number one. He's become, well, he was at one point, a, one of the most overrated players in the league. People, you know, were talking highly about him and then we kind of saw his true colors and then people have almost started to underrate him. I don't think Ben Simmons is a complete, completely terrible player. He's good. He's just an average player. He can't shoot, but other than that, Philly, I mean, they're playing him at point guard and he can't shoot. So obviously he's not going to perform that well. But if they were playing him 
maybe at power forward, maybe he'd play a little bit better. However, his playoff performance was terrible. You can't deny that. So I I still, I guess I see him staying in Philly. I mean, I don't know anybody at this point so close to the season who's going to go after Ben Simmons. Theo, what are your thoughts on Simmons staying with the 76ers? Yeah, this is definitely a weird situation because he's come out and said that he will not play for the Sixers, but I don't know who I've, I've seen that there are some teams interested, the Raptors, uh, the, uh, the Timberwolves and some other teams are interested in making trades, but I just don't know. I've seen some trades that apparently the Sixers have denied and like, it's ridiculous what they're asking for them. Like yeah. it's unreal. And if they're just going to be that stubborn, I don't think there's a team out there dumb enough to be like, oh, yeah, we'll give you pretty much everything and we'll take Ben Simmons in return. Like, it, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah, exactly. I don't think, as you said perfectly, I don't think there's a team that's looking at this and is, like, tricked by it. Like, everybody knows what's going on. It's pretty obvious that Simmons just isn't the value that the 76ers are asking for. Uh, now, moving to my second and final hot take of the night. I'll let you guys keep going after this. But personally, with Kawhi out for an extended period, I honestly think that Paul George could be an MVP candidate this season. Yeah. It's okay. It's a little bit of a stretch. Two years ago, we were clowning Paul George in the playoffs for, you know, his terrible performance. Now, after this most recent playoffs, People have kind of seen how good Paul George can truly be, especially without Kawhi. And I honestly think if he keeps that up throughout the whole season, even if Kawhi comes back, if he continues on the pace he's going, I think that he could seriously fight for a chance to be the league MVP. Mateo, do you think that that could be a possibility with Paul George this season? I've, I'm, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in another podcast, and I'm pretty sure I said this. I, I completely agree with you. That is not, I, I personally, I don't even, I don't think that's a hot take to be honest. Like he, I think he will finish in top three. He half of the season, he literally doesn't, he doesn't have his second main score on his team. He can literally averaged 29, 30 points a game with great assists and great rebounds and great defense as we see from him. So yeah, I think, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's too much of a hot take, to be honest. I think that's very doable for him. Yeah, I think so, too, obviously. And, Theo, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on Paul George this season? Again, with Kawhi out for an extended period of time, somebody has to step up, and we're looking at Paul George for that. That was my thoughts as well. That was one of the ones I was going to bring up. I think that he's going to finish top five, at least in MVP voting. I mean, obviously no Kawhi, and... Before, obviously, before we had the pandemic P in the playoffs, when he was with the Thunder, he was a top three MV- in MVP voting. So he can, he's done it before. And if he doesn't have Kawhi, I mean, he has the keys to the franchise right now. So, yeah, I think he's going to do it. Yeah, I think so. As you said, keys to the franchise. I mean, the show is his to steal. This is his time. If he can capitalize, he can truly establish himself you know, as one of the greatest in the league at the moment, which I think he can be. It's just he hasn't got the opportunity because you're playing alongside a star in Kawhi Leonard. Theo, uh, we'll go to you here. If you have one, you can talk to us about your final hot take here of the night. No, yeah, that was mine. It just got brought up. I'm not sure if Mateo has another one here. Yeah, um, I got one. 
Bulls making a one seed. Wow. I'm after last night. I know it was an exhibition, but it the chemistry on that team was unbelievable. And I said it from the start. I don't know. I forget if I'm kind of forgetting the past podcast because it was so long ago now. We talked I, about the Bulls a lot in our previous two, at least. Yeah, like the Bulls, they have, they literally have every piece to make a great team. They have great shooting. They have a stretch big that can play every area of the floor. They have Zach Levine that can play every area of the floor. He can shoot. He was in the three-point contest. He can shoot. He can dunk probably one of the most athletic people in the league. They have Alex Caruso, very, very athletic, great playmaker. Lonzo Ball, arguably top five playmaker in the league. Not arguably, he is top five playmaker in the league. Um, DeMar DeRozan, a great mid-range scorer and a great slasher. So I honestly like that. They the chemistry they saw had last night with their passing and everything like it's like they've been playing together for ten years. It was insane, and I think the sky's the limit for that team. And honestly, like I feel like compared to the Nets, I feel like this is a lot. I think that they are a better team because they actually thought how they're gonna put a team together. The Nets threw three superstars on a team. They just picked up as many people as they could. Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Um, KD, Kyrie, James Harden, they're, they're just picking up players and hoping that they work together. While the Bulls, you can tell they actually went, they said, let's get Lonzo, a great three-point shooter, a great defender, and a great playmaker. So then they got Vucevic in the offseason, they traded for him, and they a great stretch big, one of the best centers in the league. So I, gen- like, I genuinely think that is very, very doable because – they probably have the most well-put-together team in the league right now. Yeah. The only thing holding them back would be that team chemistry, and it doesn't look like that's going to be a problem so far from what we've seen. They just got together. It's a new group of players, but if they can get on a roll as a team together and get things started really early in the season, they could contend as at least a top three seed in my eyes. I don't know if they can beat out the Brooklyn Nets and the Bucks. Everybody else in that conference, I see it happening. Theo, you think that the Bulls could actually finish above the Bucks, who just came off a championship run, and the Nets, who we all expected to win last year's NBA Finals? Oh, yeah. In the regular season, I feel like anything can happen. They don't have to play against the Bucks every single game or the Nets every single game. So they're going to have some easier games. They're going to have some challenges, but Nevertheless, I feel like they're still going to, no matter who they're playing, they're going to give up a really good game. And as Mateo said, I think there really was some thought put into the build of this team starting right at the trade deadline last year when they picked up Vucevic. So, yeah, the Bulls are going to be entertaining as hell, man. Like, that that game, really, the dunks, like, the oh, my God, that was, that was phenomenal. Yeah, it's going to be a great team to watch. I mean – I'm super excited to see how they work together in the season. Now, just to wrap things up here, let's keep on the Bulls. Theo, let's say we hit the playoffs. Nets versus Bulls or Bucks versus Bulls. We'll stick with the Nets for right now. Seven-game series. Do you think that the Bulls could seriously take down a powerhouse like the Nets with three probably future Hall of Famers on the team? Oh, yeah. I think they, they could take them down. I feel like we have to see more in the season to really say – 
how that would work, but I feel like they they definitely have the talent and so far what looks like the chemistry, which is only going to build as the season goes on. So, I, and if the Nets are dealing with injuries and not vac- not getting vaccinated, then I don't know. We'll see. It's it's going to be interesting if if that happened in a series. That would that would be a great series. Yeah, and you yeah. mentioned injuries. That seems to have been a big problem for the Nets this season. Uh, Mateo, you think that the Bulls seriously have a shot in a seven-game series, either against the Nets or the Bucks, to potentially actually win? I mean, these guys are coming off a season where they didn't even make the play-in tournament. So it's wild to think that we're talking about them having even a shot against these teams. Do you think that they could take down either of the two in a seven-game series? For sure. I, I gen, I've, I've said this from the start. Brooklyn does not have that defense. So I think, I think for sure, like they, the, the Bulls, they're great offensively and even better defensively. They have very, very good defensive players on their team. And I, I, th- I respect that a lot for them putting that into consideration that they need defense because I think every team needs a good defense. So I think they have an easier chance of beating the Nets than they do against the, the Bucks because the Bucks we saw, they're very good defensively. They have Drew Holiday and Giannis, who are both All NBA first team players. Both could literally both can be DPO wise in the league. So I think that I, I think that's very doable to beat both of those teams. I think they'd have a harder time up against the Bucks, especially with them coming off the momentum of a championship. Yeah, I agree. I think with the Nets, it's literally just an offensive shootout, and if they can win the game on defense, that'll be huge. But the Bucks pose kind of a different threat against the Bulls because they are super strong defensively and they can get the work done through mainly Giannis offensively and Chris Middleton obviously contributing there. So that's going to wrap things up tonight, you guys. That's going to close out the Hot Takes episode. We are going to be meeting up pretty soon, discuss the NBA and every few weeks as the season progresses, we're going to be keeping you guys updated with news, analysis, insight, everything that comes along through the season. So again, Mateo, Theo, thank you guys for coming on tonight. Yeah, I'm really excited for this season. I can't wait for the future broadcasts. Yeah, man. I'm so excited. And Theo, again, thanks for coming on and excited to stick with you guys throughout the rest of the season. No problem, man. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. For sure. And everybody watching, thank you guys, of course, for coming on, taking a listen to the show. Again, we'll be with you guys throughout the whole NBA season, so no need to worry, and we will get you guys in the next one. See you guys later.